Hello and welcome to the Potters Podcast. We're back again, another week, another game. Put me back in lockdown, please. <laughs> League one, here we come. <laughs> As a normal, I'm joined by Mark, and today we're going to discuss a horrendous result. We went down 2 0 at home to Middlesbrough. Steve Warnock strikes again. Yeah, that new manager syndrome that we were all suffering from. Yeah, it happened again. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw it on, on Tuesday, went, oh, it's going to happen again. And it did. We'll go into the game. To be honest, they, they played okay, but just ne- just suffering from pace again. Yeah. I mean, the first goal, this, uh, Ashley Fletcher, who, as we know, anybody watches Sunderland till I die, couldn't hit a barn door. And then all of a sudden, I think he beats James Chester to the ball. Goal. Poor defending yeah. again. And straight away, we were on the back foot. From yeah. really controlling the game, we were, we were pushing forward, but again, not really creating anything. We've got no end product, have we? Delivering balls into the box, and um, there's just nothing there. And it's, it's just the same problems we've had all season, really, isn't it? Well, it's been... The problem is what's going on at the moment is that we've got no pace at the back. We're not creating anything. I mean, Sam Klukas, to be honest, hasn't been performing at his peak as well. And I don't know if it's because lockdown's effective and it's a, a new start to the... It's like it's like a pre-season, isn't it? It's a bit yeah. of a long break. And Stoke have never been good starters, let's be honest. We we never have been. And But it, it's so disappointing because of all that good work that we put in before lockdown happened. And we weren't safe, but we, we were looking... I was more positive that we were going to stay up. And even start looking up league. Yeah. But the results are just completely going against us. Nathan Jones has pulled out results. Yeah. Everybody underneath has won, except Hull and Huddersfield, I think, today, as long as the results have gone the same. It's not good enough. No, it's not. But the thing is, I don't know where we go from here, really. I mean, look, we've got seven games left now, and the last thing we need to be is negative now. And I know it's hard not to be, but. We, we, we've got two points outside the relegation now we could be in it next week well, I think next it's one game. point I think, I think it's one point out the relegation yeah. point eight now um, Wigan Tuesday which is another well Wigan I think looked safe I think they won the other day or it was a draw the, the problem is getting back to the game I mean there was there was no control in the play we were breaking forward I think we hit the posts after they scored Tyrese Campbell was isolated Tom Ince might as well not been there we we're just struggling to get the ball to the creative players to actually do anything in the first place. Yeah. And for me, it's coming down to the wing backs and the age of the back line. They they just look shaky all the time. And when Marcus Tavernier picked the ball up on the right hand side, moved in, still moving in, still moving in, and then had a shot. And Butland was blindsided. He couldn't. Yeah. Butland could have done nothing about the second goal, even though it was a tame effort from outside the box and had no real pace about it the ball was just pinged right in the bottom corner but no one made the challenge no. he was able to skip past two players and basically was followed by a midfielder who didn't put a challenge in so he just had all the time and thought oh there's a bit of a space and had a shot 2-0 by then it's done Yeah, against the side let's face it they struggled themselves well I thought they were going to go down till yeah. Warnock went in yeah. and now I think they'll stay up now because yeah. that's going to be nothing but a confidence boost and they'll probably push on from here yeah, it's it's probably come at the wrong time for us a little bit as well because we were starting to see massive improvements, weren't we, before lockdown? Yeah, yeah, we were Still starting to create performance, but we just seem to grind results out, don't we? Yeah, most weeks, even if we, then we started having a few games where we were like the whole game we were blue all the way, didn't we? Really? Yeah, yeah, that should have been seven, yeah, seven, eight. And, that. And just thinking, we seem to have gone back. Like yeah. nine months, we've, we've gone back to the beginning of the season. Well, it's, like people said, we were lucky to get a result against Reading, which was probably right, really. It was just a bit of ingenuity from Nick Powell. And speaking of Nick Powell, he'll be banned for the next game because he got two yellow cards. Yeah. Another show of lack of discipline. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, he's our only creative player at the moment, really, in the central areas. Yeah, it's, it's tough. It really is tough now, because... The thing is, the games are coming thick and fast now, aren't they? And somewhere along the line, we needed three points, especially when because the thing is, normally the bottom teams, the bottom teams were winning before lockdown as well. Well, the thing that frustrates me as well is that Middlesbrough was the banking. Yeah. I thought that's a bank for it, banking three points, and we'll, we'll probably start climbing the league again. Yeah. But the performance was shady; we were all over the place. They looked tired. 
they looked tired after 20 minutes because yeah. they just couldn't break Middlesbrough down yeah, no. because Warnock's gone in organised them within three days they just turned them around they'll, they'll climb up the league now and, they and they've probably even got a chance of getting up next year because they've always had the quality but because of bringing in an experienced manager Woodgate who doesn't really know what he's doing he, they, they free fell Warnock knows that division better than anybody well he's the most successful manager in that division yeah. that's that's the thing he's got more teams brought into the Premier League than anyone else will know to be honest yeah. <laughs> so it's just a real frustration when you know we're getting dragged into another relegation battle and the, and the fact is now since people have come out since we've all come out of lockdown we are the worst team now our form apart from Hull but Hull Hull it was a cracking game it went 2-0 went up then it went to 2-2 then they scored a cracking free kick to make it 3-2 and then late on an equaliser went in and they drew the thing is lockdown probably came at the right time for all because they were in free fall they were losing weekend week out and conceding 2-3 goals yeah, to give the, the new manager time to, to just iron out the problems. The difference is with us, we haven't ironed nothing out. No, we've got we've gone backwards. <laughs> gone backwards. It's it's very frustrating. I mean, I mean, we can all sit here and say, well, you know, Neil Warnock's got in and, he, and he's he's got them playing because that team shouldn't be there anyway. That that Middlesbrough side, you know, they've got British Salt or Somber Longer, they've got some other players. That I can't <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of at this time. They're a great team. <laughs> Yeah. I just can't think. It's one of them where you, you're looking at it, and now, like before this, yesterday, I was confident in staying up and even pushing up to the mid-table areas, but now I'm I'm shitting myself. I'll be honest, we, yeah. we're, we're only a point above the drop. We're a worse team in form. Luton looked like a different team since Nathan Jones has gone in. Yeah. And I'm struggling to understand where we go now. Is it time for a new manager? No, because I still, still think the same problem we've talked about before. <laughs> no, we don't need a new manager. That was a joke. Mark no, is a good don't. He's a good manager. We don't, mate, because the thing is, we've had good managers come in. We've had managers that have done well at this level and not done it. Gary Rowett's done well at this level. Well, he's doing well at Millwall, isn't exactly. he? Exactly. They won again yesterday. At the end of the day, we've said it, fans have said it, everybody's said it, and then you get other people who haven't. The board is the problem. The board's still the problem. Well, that's the discussion I've been seeing on, on Twitter. I put, I put a couple of questions up last night just to see if we can get some response and see what people are saying. And I think the people now are starting to realise that our board is made for 1996 football. And the problem is it's 2020. Yeah. We've got to look at how we change things. I mean, the game speaks for itself. We need a new structure now. We need a new structure, but the problem is what we've got to stop doing is replacing rubbish with rubbish. It's got to stop now. The fact is that team has got no pace and no quality about it. It's got bits of quality, we all know. Nick Powell's turned out to be a better player than we thought. Uh, Tyrese Campbell. But let's be honest, Tyrese Campbell's playing the striker because we failed massively on three, three of his last big-name signs. You know, Benny Phobie's failed. He hasn't even been playing for the club. Sam Vokes, £9 million, isn't even getting in the pitch. You know, Sander Berhino, £15 million. We had to give him away to... A Belgian side where he's to be fair doing well now mm. his form's picked up and he scores 16 goals for that club and which teams... tells you the mentality off the field at Stoke that players come in can't cut it go elsewhere and cut it the thing is you sort of can't blame the board at this precise moment because well they've done amazing things over lockdown we've, we've got to we've got to say that I mean the, the behaviour they've been doing has been yeah, outstanding you, you can't and the thing is there's a lot of players on that pitch who've come in who you can you can blame the board as long as you want, but this these are still professional footballers and they still have a job to do. And some of them, from even when Nathan Jones was in charge, are not good enough. And the thing is, you can blame the board, the mentality, this that, and the other. Still, you put some boots on when you cross that white line. It should still be you doing that job. The thing is now, so I want to do a look in the last players we 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 bought in January. So not not the summer that's just gone. So we, we'll be here a week, but. We spent twelve million pound in the last January window. Not the one that's just gone, the one before that. Before. We bought in Danny Batts and Sam Oaks. Have they improved Stoke? Playing three under at the golf club, probably. But yeah, but in all in all no. seriousness, they're not good enough, are they? No. I mean, Danny Batts improved nothing in the back line. Sam Oaks isn't even playing. Not regularly. He's coming off the bench. No. So again, you still look. You look at the transfer market, and I know. Michael O'Neill hasn't has only had one window technically to 
prove that he's, he's done okay. But I'm not impressed with Jordan Thompson. Every time I've seen him play, he looks he doesn't look right for this level. No. Against Reading, he, he, he was completely outplayed all the time. He couldn't get any structure to his play. I still think it's the same thing we said before. How much choice did he have in that Thompson signing? Well, this is the thing that is... We, we don't know. This is the thing. I mean, we did get a little bit of insight from Nathan Jones. We have been linked with some good players over this lockdown period. Yeah. We've been linked to Boyce, who's, who was at Ibanean. Rapid, quick, can play up front, can play on the right side. Yeah. Mainly a winger, but he's, he, he can play in different positions. We've been linked to that Alice in America, who's predicted to be a, a future star, already got 42 caps and he's only 23 years of age. Yeah. The fact is, we've got some good players that we've been linked to. I mean, but the problem is we've been put off by price. You know, they're wanting £5 million for that boys. But realistically, if we want to get in the Premier League, I don't care about financial fair play. Yeah, but you only spend nine on somebody whose career's over. That's what I mean. This is the thing that's very frustrating. Yeah. I don't understand why we won't pay £5 million for Boyce, who's ripping the Scottish League up. I'm happy that we're being linked to Scottish players, because at least then we're trying to find a niche. Because that's where you have to do it, like Wolves, when yeah. they've gone out and brought quality from yeah. Portugal and youngsters and giving them opportunities to get in the squad. And if they don't do quite well enough, they'll loan them out to championship clubs to try and get the yeah. experience. So I don't mind us looking at there. But what's the point in doing the scout work and then being put off by the price they want and going, oh, no, let's look at someone else? That's the problem. Yeah. Again, it's coming down to money. Now, I know there's been a financial embargo put on the club because of financial fair play. That's completely understandable. Yeah. But you've still got to make sure that we get quality in. Because it, it, I mean, at the end of the day, we've missed Joe Allen massively. Yeah, we have missed Joe, yeah. Since since he's, since we've come back. Yeah, that's proved, hasn't it, the last two games. It's proved in the last two games that we're missing Joe Allen. When you're looking at the transfer window and you're looking at what we're looking at, I can, I can understand that Mitch Shetland, who plays for Dundee United, he's going to win the Golden Boot. He's got, he knows where the goal is. Yeah. He's an understandable signing. He's, he's only young still. The problem with Stoke is that we've got this old team and now we know James Chess is going to be released by Aston Villa. No, nowhere near would I sign him. No, no he's no. too old. We yeah. don't need him. No. At this moment in time, I'd be playing Liam Lindsay. Uh, Liam Lindsay. Yeah. I'd be playing him at centre-back because he's, he's 26, 25, 26. He's got the legs. That's the thing. You look at that entire back line who played on Saturday, Ryan. Good thing that he, he didn't get an injury this time. That's only a positive. <laughs> <laughs> but then you've got James Chester, who's only a year younger than him. You've got Danny Batt, who's a young, only a year younger than him. Yeah. It's a it's a defensive line of 30-year-old players. Yeah. And Danny Batt, he came out from um, a coach at Wolves who's, who was let go when they got promoted to the Premier League. He yeah. said the reason why they loaned him out and didn't want him as captain anymore is because he lost his legs. Yeah. Now, if Stoke had done the research, they would have known this. Because the reason they would have known this, he went on loan to Middlesbrough for half a season and played six games. Yeah. So, obviously, a man who knows what a good defender is didn't play him. Yeah. But you do that in any managerial game at home. You'd always look at what, what amount of games you've been playing. If they've only played four games in three years, you'd be thinking... Well, he's not first team, is he? Well, this is the thing. Do you know what I mean? When, it's just, this is the thing that annoys me. When is Stoke going to learn that you're not always going to get good quality players on the transfer list? Where, how many times do I have to keep yeah. saying this? Tom I think, I think the mentality is what you've just said about a 1996 club. of Years ago, when we were growing up, you used to see teams full of experience and they'd still do a good job because the game was a lot slower. So they just add little bits of youth in here and there for the pace and stuff. Now, teams come and they're so full of pace, the oldens get mullered, they get warts all over. To me, you watch some teams that are full of youth, some weeks you'll see them and think, God, they put three or four past them. But then the following week, they might struggle. Mm. But would you not more prefer to see a Stoke side They'd have one week where they were a bit iffy, but then the next week they were, they were banging goals in for fun. The problem is with us, we're just so predictable that week in, week out. And with the older players, they're not bothered anymore. I don't think they are. I, I think they're bothered, but I just don't think they've got the legs mm-hmm. to do it anymore. It's like what Mike Lowen said when he did an interview on BT Sport. He said he knew what he wanted to do, but his legs couldn't do it anymore. He knew yeah, if he sprinted yeah. to that position, his, his leg would go, yeah. his muscle would pull. Yeah. 
the same with Danny Bat. He, in his head, he still thinks he can be a good centre back. But the problem is, he hasn't got the legs anymore, yeah. and he's too shaky. Yeah. You can see that he's he's terrified to go and slide in because he's it's happened that many times this season, where he's, especially the whole game where we lost two one. He went diving in, yeah, and then a little pass and Bowen's away, yeah, because Woods didn't do his job and, and he he was just too slow. The problem is, there's no pace in his back line, mm. and you're looking at the squad and the, and the way the middles were set up against us. They were just locking. They were just locking in, locking in, and we couldn't get round. Yeah. The problem is of us. We've got we've got overlapping play. We haven't got any overlapping systems in the wing back areas. No. Tommy Smith does a decent job, so I don't mind Tommy Smith. The the state of going out and buying loads of players, I think we're all right right back. We've got Tom Edwards who's breaking through slowly. Who for me probably needs to go out and loan next season just to see what he can do. But we've still got Tommy Smith, who's a decent-ish right-back. But we've got nothing on left-back. No. And the thing that frustrates me, I watched Burnley on telly the other day, Eric Peters played well. Yeah. He played well. Yeah, at Premier League level. I know, and it's like we, we got rid of him because we didn't think he was good enough, but now he's playing Premier League football as a first-team left-back. Yeah. And, and who did we replace him with? Stephen Ward. Yeah. Who left Burnley. Yeah. It's... it's it, If you... Uh from a different country and you'd never heard of Stoke and you looked at their past history with players over the last 18 months you'd, you'd think do they know anything about football stars? Well, yeah. If you, if you were an outsider looking in you'd go why would you replace him who's moved up a division <laughs> for somebody who's ready for retire? And the thing is how much did we sell him for? Two, wanted Two million. I think it was less than that. I think it was a million pound. Let Eric Peters go. They're, they're laughing the they're laughing yeah. the socks off because they've replaced him for a mill and got rid of a dinosaur. Yeah, yeah. It's a no brainer of a business deal, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, if we if we'd let him go for seven million, I'd be going, yeah, well, you know, we 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 sold him for a good amount. So like we didn't. Porsches for a course. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> I bet they were sitting. At, Dad was laughing his head up, and they always going how have we managed to do that? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. It's ridiculous. And I'm sick of sitting here and, you know, we try to be positive because there's a lot of negative message we get that we were, were too negative at times on the pod. And don't get me wrong, there has been good signings like Nick Powell for free is a fantastic bargain. There's no question about it. Yeah, Carl Campbell obviously coming into the first team this season, obviously before lockdown and made a massive improvement to us, especially under O'Neill. But, um, we need more players like Campbell, that, that hunger, that desire, that pace. If we got them sort of players in to mould around some of the more experienced lads, it, it'd make a difference for the more experienced lads. I just get the feeling sometimes that the older lads are being asked to do twice the work. Whereas if you look at some teams, they've got, they have got experience in, but they're surrounded by youth. They've got people supplying that they're not chasing it. I've seen Sam Vokes in some games running 70 yards and pulling you just thinking, you're too old for that. So. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, well yeah, it's, it's taking advantage of the position. Yeah. When you look at Derby and they brought through Sibley and they brought through that Bogle. Yeah. Both under 20 years of age and they're, they're lightning quick. And Bogle's one of the best footballers I've seen this season. Bogle's a fantastic yeah. player. Yeah. He's all over the pitch because he's full of youth. They bought him. Yeah. Where was this? And the thing is, not well, earlier, Stoke. yeah, not earlier in the season, Skulls was sitting there going, "Well, financial fair play, stopping clubs buying in who they want." That's funny. There's another twenty-three teams in the league. Cause cause they're 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 they're, they're, you know, it's like they're, they're getting what they need in. Stoke aren't now. Bogle, Ronald's riot on that Friday yeah, night. Simply, simply scored naturally the other day. He's only seventeen. Yeah. It, 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 the thing is, you, you've, we've got an experience. There's a squad there. There's no question. There's a squad there. That is capable of getting promoted. The problem is we haven't got the pace in the in the new enough areas, but experience pace. Yeah. It's all well and good going. Oh, we'll get Danny Pat back because I could see what they do in the chant upstairs. They'll go. Oh, Danny Pat has played three hundred games. Oh, he'll be experienced. He'll help us out. Gets in. He's got no legs. Yeah. And it's like you can't have Ryan Shawcross next to a thirty-one-year-old James Chester. They haven't got the legs. No. So if anyone quick runs through the middle, through they're done. Simple as that. I think sometimes when you bring in an older older heads from out out the prep, I think you can get away with it if the top top players. There was a young lad on on the radio the other day who made his debut for Derby, and he's he was only about sixteen seventeen, 
and they were talking to him about Wayne Rooney and how overhauled he was with him. And I think originally they'd said that Rooney was coming in to nature the kids, the coaching side of things. Yeah, but when he actually yeah. come into the team, he says, when he's passing 70-yard balls to feet, yeah. you go, you can still do a job. <laughs> do well, that's it. it. But that's because Rooney is playing at the very top. Yeah, he's not, playing at the highest not level. Not folks at bottom end of the prem or... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But he's got it for nothing as well. Yeah, he's on a big contract, which is going to cost all yeah. a lot of money. But look at what's happened to Sibley. Look at how he's bringing Bogle into the game. Look, he's the kind of... Yeah, he's 35, or near enough 35. But he's been a top footballer. But he's still got that ability to yeah. pass the ball. Yeah. So he becomes a very useful player in the midfield. Now, don't get me wrong, I love Sam because he's been player of the season this year. Yeah, I agree with But that. he's nothing in the same level. He can't no balls here and balls there. In the past, we've said it, haven't we, when you see like top players go... Like drop drop down like Fowler did, Eaton, Siemens, done it, and all the players have done Seaman, it. Seaman, when did he drop down? Well, City, they were awful. Really? What a big drop. You do see players drop down, but they were players in their prime. Yeah, Nicky Barnby was one. Nicky Barnby, when he went, dropped down to Hull. He yeah. was fantastic for Hull. He dropped to League One because yeah. he was a Hull fan and he wanted to play for him. Yeah. He made them tick and got them in the Premier League. And with the younger lads, they'll look up to him. And that's the thing, and they might still have that little bit. I've, I've heard stories from people who play Sunday League who've played against ex-Stoke players and ex-Vale players and stuff and say, even in the late 40s, you can see why they were professional. Yeah. It, the day they can still play. And to me, if you bring somebody in of Rooney's stature down to the Championship, it'd still help. Because he's a top-class player. Yeah. He'll play in the middle. He can't be a strike anymore. We know that. No. But that ability in the midfield areas, he, he improves everything. But when we're bringing Sam Vokes in, now don't get me wrong, I've always been a big fan of Sam Vokes. I think he, before he came to Stoke, I thought, I, I like him, I think he's a good player. Yeah. He's, he's good in the air, he finishes. But he's never been prolific. No. And we we, bought, we need somebody who's going to score 15 to 18 goals a season to try and get us promoted. Yeah. You're not going to get that from Sam Vokes, so it's a dumb signing. Yeah. If that was any other club, you imagine the Wolves board. In what I don't know, I can't never remember his his name there, manager. Um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if he went to the Wolves board and said, "Yeah, I want to get Emileski in. I think he he's a great knock on man." They'd go, "I like your idea, but get out." Yeah. They're not. They're just not getting happy. I think they? if folks was at Stoke already, and he'd been at Stoke for say three, four seasons. Um, and then they brought somebody in younger alongside him to for him to nurture. Then I could understand it a bit more. But to bring Vokes in into a side where you're thinking, well, we, we're desperate for goals. Especially when we haven't got natural wingers as well. I mean, McLean Charles is best. Oh, yeah, if you'd have put Vokes in, the, in a Pulis side when we had like... He would have been brilliant, yeah. He probably would have been brilliant, yeah. He probably would have been brilliant. He probably would have been good for, for Gary Rowett, the man who wanted signing. Yeah. But then because the negotiations had happened and Bailey were willing to sell now, yeah. put him again on the transfer list, Stoke all of a sudden become interested. Yeah. Dude, there's a board in the office with names <laughs> on. Manager's like, what about Tim we looked at a while ago? Yeah, well, that was for a different manager. Yeah, but, yeah, but he's, he's available now. <laughs> he, he, that's what it seems like yeah. to me. It's just it's just quick, easy, no attention spared. Yeah. Oh, he's available. And then they just go to the manager and put all the pressure on the manager and go, oh, that's Sam Vokes available. Do you want him? Is anyone else? Well, not really. Yeah, yeah. go on there. Because yeah. they all do. They yeah. all do. The thing is, the thing that frustrates me, like we're bringing these good managers in. Nathan Jones... Proved it already now back at Luton. He's, yeah. he's, he's going to keep them up. Yeah, That's yeah. How he's going to keep them up. Yeah. He's turning round. Yeah, and he'll have a successful, an end, a successful end to the season. Because they nearly won their first game. They had a shot right at the end that hit the ball. They nearly won. Yeah. They nearly won back-to-back games since he's taken back over. Yeah. Gary Rowett's at Millwall. He's gone to a lesser club that's just come up from League One and they're up right near the playoffs. He's all about signing Vidra in the summer because he's failed at Burnley. Yeah. Which will probably get them right in the playoffs next season. Well, he's good at championship level as well, isn't he, Vidra? So, prove that at Watford. Well, he proved it at Derby, didn't he? Yeah. Under Howard. Yeah. So, again, you're looking at it and going, when is Stoke going to learn that you're not going to get good players all the time on free transfers 
and transfer listed players. And over 30. And over 30 players. Yeah. Fair enough if we were bringing in, like I say, a Rooney. A Rooney. Well, we it's should different. have signed a Rooney, to be honest. We should have gone in and gone, yeah. no, it's not getting Derby, we'll have him. Yeah. But they don't, because no. they, they're always like that going, yeah, but how much? They're, they're, yeah. like, a, they're like a modern Stokey Grandad, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. How much is that? I remember in my day, they were 20 pence a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. That's, yeah. that's the mentality that I'm seeing, that you know they're sitting there going, Rooney, oh, that's getting cost them. Oh, how much? Oh, what's frustrating about the Vokes signing for me is you could have easily brought in two players for about four and a half million of a younger age who've got a point to prove. Yeah, if you if you if you shot properly, if you if you have a system in place where you take advantage of niche mm. markets, like mm. let's be honest, we took advantage of a niche market, loose figured niche market to go America. And spot some American talents. <laughs> we bought Jeff Cameron, the only success, the yeah. only success out yeah. of it. He was 25 when he came. Then we brought in Breck Shea, wouldn't be able to cut it in League Two, and is now retired at 29 because yeah. he isn't good enough. Yeah. We tried to get Juan Agadello. He again is playing in that second tier which Joe Allen played in, the second tier because he, he can't get an MLS club. Yeah. So he, luckily, he couldn't get a work permit because it would have been a disaster. Joe Allen? No, not, not Joe Allen. Um, Juan Agadello. <laughs> when did he have a trip to America? <laughs> <laughs> Joe Cole was on about. It comes down to it again that we went to America to take advantage of the players that were out there and bring quality in. Mm. We didn't get any quality. Trouble is, there is no quality out there. <laughs> well, there is. Christian Pulisic, McKimian. Yeah, but they were already, already picked up at an early age. From yeah, but we were there when they yeah, were young. Yeah. We were there. John Brooks would have been. 21, playing in the yeah. MLS. Where was Stoke? Oh, he can't cut it in the Premier League. A perfect example, we went to South America in, I think, the second year in the Premier League. We signed one, which was Jay Garage Mendy, who, to be honest, never got a kick, never got a chance. And every time I saw him, I actually quite liked him. I thought, I decent think he did player. too bad at Valencia when we played that second Yeah, line. he was good. I thought he was a decent yeah. player. But he just didn't, Pulis just didn't like him. No. We went out there and we were linked to some good players. One which screams to mind because now he's classed as one of the best players in the world, Javier Pastore. Yeah. And we said, no, he's not good enough. No. And instead, brought in Michael Kiteley. Yeah, who couldn't cross the ball two foot off the he ground. He was a ledge, Michael Kiteley, don't be like that. But <laughs> he wasn't. He absolutely <laughs> drove me insane when he crossed the ball. Someone had given him the ball and he'd have three, four yards in front of him, he had enough time to get the ball out of his feet and cross the thing and he'd always hit the first man. And that's, this is the problem I'm talking about. So maybe, maybe we shouldn't be pointing too much at the board. Maybe the board should be pointing at the scouts going, why do you keep finding this rubbish? Yeah, but they're finding The thing is, they're finding these players. I know there was a a small link to John Brooks, who's now ripping it up in the Bundesliga. And then the board are saying no. No, no, it's it's because they're not signing them. Mm. They should just be signing them anyway and saying, Tony... We bought him. We just brought him with us. <laughs> well, a perfect example of this, and I keep going back to it, I said it before on the podcast, Southampton, Ronald Koeman didn't think Mane was going to be good enough for Southampton. Yeah. Now, if that was Stoke, Stoke wouldn't have signed him because the manager would have said no. He wouldn't have even made it into the... Yeah. The Southampton board said, no, we're going to go ahead with this. We've, we've done his research. We've got, we've got an analytics team. I bet Stoke haven't got an analytics team. Well, that'll be that's yeah. that's there. Windows ninety five by reception. <laughs> <laughs> you just got just got the tea lady. <laughs> oh, I think there's a trouble. You see, there's that computer on. Doc. It's on dial. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. So the the, the board went against Cumin. Three weeks later, Cumin said went into the went went into the calc the. The analytics team said, you've done well there. I didn't expect him to be good. Look at him now. He's won a Premier League, a Champions League. He's, he's ripping it up. the fastest ever at-trick. Yeah, well. fastest ever at-trick. That was a player that Koeman didn't even rate. Three weeks after having been pre-season, he, he held his hand up and goes, yeah, I've made a clangor here. And he's played in the first team. He was on the board when he scored that fastest at-trick. I mean, he's, he's never going to let me live this down. <laughs> you can imagine Koeman going, oh, God. <laughs> And that's, that's a perfect example. St- Pastore, we know that Pulis would have got the last word on him. So the scouts have done their job, yeah. but because there's nobody upstairs that knows football and have got yeah. a clever system, we're letting these players go. Yeah. Lindelof is another one that Pulis turned down. He was now at Man United, first yeah. team at Man United. Maguire. Well, Maguire, 
was a known player anyway. He was only two and a half million at the time. No, what, he was 20, 23 million. Well, we wouldn't pay it because we decided for him was a better Robertson option. Robertson was one, wasn't he? Robertson was another one who we yeah. turned down. The fact is, the scouts are getting the players. It's because there's nobody upstairs in the board area, and I keep saying it, and I keep saying it, and I keep saying it. There needs to be somebody working now with John Scholes, with Tony Scholes. Do you not think this is a power thing? Because I watched something the other day talking about Robertson at Liverpool, where the board said we're a little bit unsure on that price. From, price, from, yeah. from, a, from a perspective of coming from all, and Klopp turned around and went, he's coming. Yeah. Basically, the yeah. manager just went, it ain't nothing to you, he's coming for 14 million, then story. Yeah, yeah. And and now you'd say, what's he worth now? Well, he's, he's probably worth so 80 to 100 million, million isn't there he? There you go. It, that, that, it always used to be manager's final say really didn't yeah, it yeah like the 90s time. that's yeah. why I say our boards were like 1996 because it, it's this idea where you're expecting a manager to know all the time what a good player is it was proved it's like, got enough to with running the team he's well, got yeah. So. yeah the needs I mean analytics is a big part of football nowadays ever since um, the athletics yeah. baseball team in America decided to build a team off analytic stats they went on the, the biggest unbeaten run ever in baseball. Yeah. Because they went out and were getting, and it cost them nothing. Four of, the, four of those players they got didn't even play pro baseball. But because their stats were so good, they got them in. There was a, there was a I don't know what you call it, a pitcher where they throw the ball. He was, he was that good at doing it. But because he threw it in a weird way, scouts thought, oh, he can't play at the, at the highest level. But because of the stats went in, they signed him. He was the best pitcher in the league at that yeah. year. Because they went out and did it. But Leicester approved it. Mares, Kante. Yeah. They were looking at stats of, wow, what does the manager need? He needs a holding midfielder yeah. that's good at doing everything. Athletics team went out in the French League, a niche market they were looking at, where the scouts were. All of a sudden, Kante comes on the scene because the stat system has shown what good he is at what he does. Yeah, yeah. Next minute, he helps Leicester to the Premier League title and moves on for, for, for £38 million. Pounds. It was massive business, that. Leicester had a right touch, really, with two of them, yeah. Mahrez and yeah. that. They made a fortune, But really. it's still going. Yuri Tillemans. Yeah. Jason Madison. Yeah. Not Jason, James Madison. These players are all players that have come in through the stats-based analytic teams. And Madison looks like a right player. Yeah, great player. You're going to get about £80 million pounds for him. Yeah. Only bought him for £24. And everyone was going... 24 million for Madison, he hasn't proved himself that much. Well, he has now. Yeah, yeah, because he's scored. Because, because that's how it is. It's spotting players before they become players. Yeah. Stoke are nowhere near. Or every time, let's go through the players that we spotted from America. Moedu, who we brought in from Rangers. To crap. I can't even remember seeing him play. He played once. Yeah. He was crap. Brett Shea, Juan Agadello, Je- Jeff Cameron. These are because scouts have looked at him and gone, oh, well, he. You know, they've, they've got bits about them. Mm. But the good ones that were there, we wouldn't pay. The thing is, even with Jeff Cameron, don't get me wrong, he, he, he did well at Stoke. He's still on at Prem level. I'd still say he's a very, very top championship player. The thing is with Jeff Cameron, which is why I like him, is it's, he's a good signing because he's very durable. He can play anywhere. Yeah, he can play him anywhere. He can play him left back, he yeah. can play him centre back. They're useful players, especially when you're in the Premier League and you've got a bad injury to a Glenn Johnson or whatever. Jeff Fillin, yeah. left back, Jeff Fillin there for us if you can. And he'd do a decent job. Yeah. The fact is that something's got to change upstairs. and It's, it's not going to change till John Coates or John... I keep saying John Coates. It is John Coates. I keep saying John Scholes for some reason. <laughs> it's Tony Scholes. Tony Scholes has got this power where he runs everything. And he should have nothing to do with the business side of football other than transfer fees and wages. Yeah. He should have nothing to do with that. Yeah, he's bad at that, no. He's bad at that, yeah, he is, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sanko's still not signing him deal. Yeah. But the thing is, we seem to have sidestepped landmines a little bit when we were all right. It's like the Carlton Cole thing. I remember when he was like desperate to sign Carlton Cole and <laughs> give yeah, but he only wants forty-five grand a week. I'm thinking, you know, we're paying four grand a week. It's <laughs> absolutely tops. Get what? him out, <laughs> and he's like, no, no, we really want to. Then the following season, we're trying to get. Yeah, just trying again, yeah. But he, he didn't really want to move up north, did he? And ended up. The thing is, getting back to your niche thing, in America, I don't understand it because, all right, fair enough. There's some big players over there. Blah blah blah. There's one or two decent players. 
There's some type top quality. Yeah, there's, there's some top qualities, but it's a very tight niche. The thing with Scotlanders, I know internationally they don't do very well, but as far as bring as the league's concerned, it's still a very competitive league, Scotland. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and there's a lot of players who are up Scotland who want to get into the English game, and it's a tough league as well. That's the thing. We talk about these snowflakes and stuff now who don't want to be touched and they're not very strong and they're not this, they're not that. Scotland still, as we've watched when we went up there ourselves, yeah. is a tough league. Oh yeah, they still they tackle all of each yeah, other. Yeah. It's, it's not an easy league to be in. You know if you get a lad at 23, 24 who's been playing in the Scottish Prem for the last four years, five years, you know for a fact he ain't going to be no pansy, is he? He's no, going to no. be tough, he's not going to be, he's going to be physical... And, and you know you can get somebody who's going to work hard because Scots are renowned for it anyway, aren't they? Well, the leagues, the league can't really get a lot of quality, haven't you? They have to, you know, go with... Because, I mean, some Scottish clubs in the SPL have got less budgets than teams in, in the conference in England. Yeah. Like Ross County, you've got no fans, there's, there's no money there. But they sometimes finish in Europa League. Livingston, the season, who finished fifth, thanks to a player that have been linked to, Dykes. But yeah. he's quick. And I can understand why I've been linked to these because... A lot of people get sort of judgmental of Scottish players because everyone remembers when Gordon Strachan went to the Middlesbrough when he left Celtic and he took the Middlesbrough job and he brought six, seven of the top players who played for Celtic and Rangers into the Middlesbrough side and they failed massively because yeah. they signed Chris Brunt, not Chris Brunt, Chris Boyd for serious money. Top goal scorer Rangers, been the SPL top goal scorer for five straight seasons, came to Middlesbrough failed yeah. couldn't stop couldn't couldn't find the back of the net because he couldn't cope with the fact he wasn't a big fish because yeah. Rangers for the big club same as Celtic they dropped down to a championship club where they've got to perform every week and because sometimes when you play at Celtic and you play at Rangers you can be you can play a 7 out of 10 and still score 2 goals you can yeah, play a 4 and for every good player there's a lot of bad players up there and, and, and the thing is as we watched Anyone that was any good on that day stood out like a sore thumb. You know, sometimes you can go watch Stoke and you think, who impressed you on the other team? And you go, well, he was all right. And then you'd say, but what about him? You miss him because there is that much quality. Yeah. I think when you go up Scotland, you go, wow, he shouldn't be in this division. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, sometimes I always think with Scotland, their scouting system for the clubs must be 10 times harder than ours because one the budget's so low and two they've got to find people from obscurity really haven't they forget oh, something yeah. for the right money and you think why are we not looking at them sort of scouts because the reality is if the board are turning around to you and saying we've only got this much money to spend but we need this sort of quality of player maybe Scottish scouts would be a better option well, I, I think the way I think the, way, the system that we've got is it's all angled at price rather than quality and stuff. Because if let's be honest, when we first came up under Tony Pulis, we never spent any serious money. Let, let's be no. honest. All, apart from maybe Kenwin Jones and probably Peter Crouch and maybe Plasios as well. But these were players that clubs want to get rid of. Everington. West Ham didn't want him anymore. Dean Whitehead, Sunderland didn't want him anymore. Kenwin Jones, Sunderland didn't want him. We were buying players in, we were transfer listed players. But the thing is, Pulis was a, was a great man manager. Jeez. He knows how to get the best out of a player. And he could turn them instantly round. Yeah. The thing is with the Mark Hughes, we were still doing it, but we were doing it in Europe. Do you think that's a bold thing then? So like if oh, it's all so you see sitting in the championship going, well, Tony did it. Tony bought in these players and turned them round. Why can't any other manager? I, I get that simplicity, thick, thick-headed sort of opinion that if all sitting there going, "Oh, we've done it before. We bought him in and he did really well. Edmonton, we got him out the bookies and he was brilliant. Edmonton <laughs> <laughs> took his tag off and he was brilliant." I just get the feeling that he sat there with new managers going, "Yeah, well, we'll bring him in. He's, he struggled the last few years, but you can turn him round." Instead of going, "No, let's scrap that." It worked 10 years ago, let's do it a different way now. But they, I don't think they've got it in them. Because mm. the thing is, if you look, let's have a look at our up, end, up, up top end figure. I don't even know who Chief Scout is now. I don't, I don't know who they are. But if you ask a Man United or an Arsenal fan, I don't know yeah. who we do because Arsenal fans talk about him and they say his name. 
They say that with their chief scouters yeah. or their scout system. We know Mark Cartwright's gone. He was he was he was he was did charged, someone, come in, someone did come yeah. in, but has he gone? We, I don't know. I haven't heard his name know, since. We wouldn't know Stokes, uh, well, social media anyway. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. The bloke who came in, I can't even name him. He was come in for Nathan Jones. Yeah. Has he gone now, or is he still? Is he still yeah. there? St- for me as well, I think Stoke, as a club, have been desperate for a, a like a, a forgetful season mid-table. I know it sounds stupid because so much has happened since we went down. We really could have done with the season where you go, where did you finish 10th? And that's it. We didn't go to the Cups. We just finished 10th. We won a game, we lost a game. We won it. Because the problem is, we've gone down, steadied a little bit, dropped back down again, nosedived, mm. then picked back up again. And the problem is, every time it happens, you go, the manager, the board, the players, this, that, the other. We could have just done with that season where you go, right, we finished 10th. You're still not good enough. Let's get rid of you. The fans are all right because we're not struggling at the bottom or whatever. And just have a couple of seasons of ironing out the problems. The problem is with ours, it's like everything's got to be dealt with right now. And, yeah, it is. And, and, and it's panicking all it, the time. It is. It's panic bites. It's, this is the problem with it all the time. It comes down to panicking because there's no common sense and there's no understanding of we've got a scout. and Because the problem is we haven't got an analytics team. It's quite clear we haven't got one. Most other clubs haven't. Like Nottingham Forest have got one. Look how they've improved since they brought yeah. one in. The problem is we're we're thinking, like again, it's nineteen ninety six. The champ, the, the old first division in the in the Premier League were completely different systems, where you'd buy a player from the top flight, he'd come in and he'd do okay. Yeah. The problem is we've come down. We've threw all this money. It let's face it, rubbish. Well, off for me. previous. Off previous clubs, clubs. Mm. So you look at Benny Cafodi. We bought him because he did he did a decent job at front for Wolves. Goals and that for Wolves, yeah. not looked not looked at it and gone. Well, will Benny Cafodi suit Gary Rowett? Yeah, and gone. Yeah, but Gary Rowett wants him. Doesn't matter. That's your job falling apart. It doesn't. It's like if you ran a business and goes, I tell you what, we'll get them tires in. That garage t- over there a year ago was getting good responses from, but then it changes. You're not going to go, right, I'll tell you what, we'll, do, we'll do no research, we'll just get them in, because that's yeah. what they've got. You don't do things like that. You have to can't, You have to be very vigorous in movement. Yeah. But the problem is, John Scholes runs it and runs everything. There's not enough people upstairs in high roles to spread this out to make things easier to manage. Yeah. John Scholes is there, coaches is above him, that's it. I think sometimes you need to start looking as well at the way... Um, it's like at Wolves have you seen his management team it's like eight of them on the sideline yeah, yeah, yes. and they've all got a, a job to do and they'll all liaise with the board and stuff like that and you just think this is the way the modern game a little bit no, that is the modern game yeah. when you look at Wolves, Wolves upstairs they've got a director of football they've got a technic- technical director of football they've got five head scouts they've got a scout system that's all over Portugal South America everywhere they've got a technical manager who's who's above the manager because he's just a head coach. Yeah, it's like an American system at Wolves where they've got people who do a job, do a job, do a job, and do a job. Yeah, where the manager has just got to put these managers together because because these people upstairs are that clever at what they're doing. Yeah. they know what he he needs before he knows what he needs. Yeah. That that's yeah. how good they are. Yeah, mate, he's a striker. I don't need one. You do. I'm telling you, you do. <laughs> you do. Try it out next season. It's like it's like that. He came out, didn't he? To, I think it was on a Wolves page that I was watching not long ago. The manager didn't even know who Raul Jimenez was. No. Scored sixteen goals this season for Wolves. Yeah. The manager didn't even know who he was. Yeah. Because the analytics team went out with their scout network and went, he'll suit our manager because the way he plays. Brought him in. Guess what? Suits the way the manager plays. Yeah. He's now being talked about for a fifty million pound move. Well, I'm I'm working down Wolverhampton. I spoke to a couple of Wolves fans, and they said it's some of the best things they've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. They, they it's, love it. it's, they it's, love it. it's not just on the pitch though. It's things off the pitch. Mm-hmm. It's like I went to the Wolves Club shop a while ago, and I went in and I looked. You could buy individual phone cases for every single new phone. I was like, 
Bloody hell, it was like, it was like a different world going yeah. in their club shop. Yeah. It wasn't like ours where it sold tap no one wants. Yeah. There was loads of individuality. They had, they had, I counted, there was 19 different key rings. One yeah. with a walls that span, one that did this, one that had the kits on that flipped round in there. Yeah. About nine different club uh, badges from the beginning to the end. A whole shelf, like wall of shelves dedicated yeah. to DVDs, loads to Billy Wright. So there was one with George Berry that he was tempted by. <laughs> there was like loads of stuff like prints to the stadiums and like like different types of artist pictures to players, yeah. like legendary players. Because I've said when I moved in my house, I wanted Some I wanted like bits. a picture of Mark Steen or a nice old like painting of Victoria Ground. I go in the club shop, it's that same picture from nineteen ninety nine of the Britannia Stadium. Yeah, they've had the same watch in there for about twenty yeah, years. It's the same crap. Yeah. There's nothing worth buying. Yeah. And you wonder why we make no money from merchandise. Yeah. There's none there. There's more buy. in the merchandise before we've got in the prem. Yeah, yeah. There's some better gear, better clothes and stuff before we actually got promoted. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just got promoted, it was like Oh, Adidas. When Adidas were there, there was some all right stuff, but it's just that's not theirs. It's Adidas pumping all the stuff in there. <laughs> Basically, yeah, and it was like you, you were looking in there and you were going, "Oh, I could, I could." Do. You don't go in the club shop. It's like phone cases. I, I thought to myself, "I'll get a good stoke cake." I went online. There was one phone case yeah, for every phone. phone, but it was yeah. the same one. Yeah. I'm not having the same one as everyone else. I want some individuality. Yeah. In, the thing is, what they don't understand. And it only protects your phone if you drop it on the bed. It's just like a little <laughs> bit of plastic on the back. It would protect anything. I looked up on it. I thought, I'm going to look up on this. It's the, it's the biggest moneymaker at the moment. The highest rising merchandise in football at the moment is phone cases. Phone cases. And what are Stoke doing about it? Protecting you if you drop it on the bed. <laughs> They're doing nothing. They're selling one and that's it. Yeah. So it's not just on the pitch, it's off. Don't get me wrong, I've got no problem with the Coates family. I think as owners, they've only got the best, they've only got the club at art. They really have. But they have to modernise. They have mm. to realise it isn't 1996 anymore. Mm. It's 2020. And if you if you think that you're just going to go to the manager, do you like this player? Yeah, he's all right. That You're going to get top quality in. Forget it's it. Not- there needs to be some um, disagreements at some point. I know it's like, that's what you need in football. You need to be agree to disagree sometimes and go, no, you're wrong, I don't want to. Or you can have him, well, I don't want him then. I'd rather have nothing than have somebody I can't get off the books. The problem is, I get the feeling when Nathan Jones said that, when he said, well, you get a choice of four. So which choice was he? Was he one, two or three? Would you more prefer to have nothing and that, then have this number three. If he's thirty, his legs are gone, and he wants a big contract, and you're gonna be stuck with him for two years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd rather just pick someone out the youth team. I'd rather get someone out the youth team than bring a donkey. Yeah, but you, the figures is to bring youth players in, like we've seen with Tom Edwards. He's, he started playing regularly at the start of the season. Now he's I can't remember the last time he played, and he even put Nathan Collins at right back the other day. But so. this comes back to what you said about if you bring a youth player through or you buy a young player. He isn't financially destroying you if you get rid of him at the end of the season. You bring it to Sam Vokes in, he's a minus, end of discussion. You ain't ever going to well, get me in hand. That, that's the it. thing, it's like when we bought Danny Batten instead of Matt Clark, who's now on loan at Derby and doing quite well. There's a common sense in Matt Clark. He's, 23, he's 22 years of age. He's showed real promise at an early stage, two time player of the year at Portsmouth. You can understand why you've gone out and got him. Yeah. Danny Bat makes no sense because if we did get promoted, if we had got promoted this season, we'd have to replace him anyway. So it makes no sense. No, that, that, extra, that extra two million makes sense because Matt Clark is not even at his prime though. It could probably make it in the Premier League. Yeah. So you don't have to replace him when you get promoted. With us, it seems like just throwing money everywhere just to get players in. Because there's no common sense. Well, the, more, the worst thing is, if he got promoted, you won't get rid of him either. No, we probably have to <laughs> sit, him get rid of him. sit him on the bench or loan him somewhere because yeah. we can't get rid. It, it, it's such a frustrating thing at the moment. It, it keeps coming to its head, and we keep talking about we're too slow in this. This is why. This is why there's no common sense. Things need to change. Because mm-hmm. the thing is, I've been following Stoke all my life, and I'm very passionate about Stoke, and I, and I love it. 
more than anything. I do, I do, I love the club to bits. It's a big part of my life. But when they don't seem to want to modernise or don't or don't do things, it seems to me it's not to do things to change things. It's they don't want to do it because they don't want to. And that's the thing that really frustrates me. Good owners will go, yeah, we'll try that. We'll try it for a season, see by bringing an analytics team in and see yeah. if we start bringing good quality in. But we, we're just that far behind. And we're going to have to stop talking about it now because I'm going to cry. <laughs> right, so the next bit, obviously, is going to the women's game. There's been some big changes in the women's game at Stoke. Chloe Jones has yeah. stepped up to become technical director of the women's setup. Oh. A bit of a strange thing, how well she's been doing as manager. Why then? Well, apparently it's to progress the women's football team by, because she's done such a good job, they want to push her up as a technical director to look after everything future. above, future prospects and everything, because let's be honest, the first team's been doing amazing, and so is the other levels, the back of the youth team and the reserve that, team. That might affect them long term. Well, we don't know at the moment, we don't know who's going to come in manager, we, we know the, there's been a lot of changes, coaches have been moving up and down and... And all that stuff, and we we don't know if there's going to be a new manager coming in, or they're going to, her assistant's going to step up to become the new manager of the club. We don't we don't know. No, it's just there's a lot of changes going on. You know, Faye McCoy's gone, Jess Jess Hyde's gone as well. You know, big big players for the first team. Unless she's got an idea who they want to bring in for a manager, because if she's moving upstairs, and she'll well, she'll have a big say on yeah. what happens as well. So it's probably something happening in the women's game that should be happening in the men's game where. We bring somebody in to be a technical director. You know, it could be a good thing for the women's team. Well, we always said that we wanted Tony go upstairs, didn't we? Originally, a lot of people did at the time. I knew, I knew he wouldn't because he was still sort of able to do a job at, on the on the touchline. But um, I think sometimes it's like somebody who knows the club as well, who's got a football background. And like you say, with Chloe moving upstairs, she knows the club. She's managed the club. Yeah, done well. She, done as, well. As a manager. A, she, I suppose it, in a business sense, it, it does make sense, really. Well, so. it happened to Blackburn, didn't it, with Kenny Dalglish? Yeah. He had four seasons as manager, won the title, and went upstairs and his assistant took over, and it all fell apart. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't know. It could, it could be good. It could be bad. I'm not too sure. Um, so, yeah, let's hope, let's hope they know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I could say. Yeah. Uh, all I can say is again thanks for listening again I know it's been a bit of a ramble this time we've just had a bit of a moan of the transfer set up and what needs to change hopefully next week we'll have two wins and we'll be all positive again and everything's great and talking about maybe getting to the Prem but uh, at the moment it's not very exciting is it we point out the relegation zone and I don't really want to go to League One, not again. Uh, And watching football in silence isn't helping (laughs) (laughs) not really so like I say Thanks for listening. Uh, make sure you tell people about the pod. Try to get people listening to it, and let's hope it spreads and get we get more content for you. And the only way that happens is by the fans listening and, and taking part. I'm, I'm disappointed. I am. I've got to be honest. I can't believe the loss yesterday. It's devastating me. Wigan next. Wigan next. Then Barnsley. Oh God, it could be a terrible week. Thanks for listening. Ta-ra. All of us.